0: Owners and fellow
1: It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities. Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you're a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for tuning in. We have an awesome show today. We are going to be talking all about menopause And I'm excited about our guests. They are from across the pond from the UK. And it feels like the UK is a little ahead of those of us in the States in terms of advocating for women, getting the word out, talking about menopause. But things are starting to shift here as well. You know, once menopause was a totally taboo topic and it now is becoming part of the conversation around well-being, it's having its well-being moment and women including celebrities like Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore and um uh, Gwyneth Paltrow are talking about menopause they are backing companies it's a huge business opportunity and and we're talking about it which alone really helps to reduce any kind of shame that we have around this natural thing that happens to women in their lives it's a natural transformation transition time and we're going to be talking all about this powerful period of midlife and my experts today are going to be sharing exactly what is menopause the different stages of menopause what you really need to know about menopause to feel empowered the best techniques tips and medical breakthroughs to help you thrive during menopause, the do's and don'ts to support your health, and how to feel sexy and sassy again. So it's going to be a a hot show, so I encourage you to grab a piece of paper and listen. And just to get some definitions straight, menopause is actually the time when you haven't had a period for a year. I think it's interesting that we talk about this and we say menopause, but we're really talking about perimenopause, which can start up to a decade before. Before the actual stoppage of periods happens. So there's perimenopause, there's menopause, and there's postmenopause. And what I really hope you get out of today is learning how to advocate for yourself. You know, self-advocacy takes so much work. Myself right now, I am on the breast cancer journey right now, and I have been advocating like crazy. I probably have a dozen people on my treatment team, both conventional and complementary people. Um, And it really entails taking an active role in your health. So whatever you are facing, I encourage you to really be that end of one. You know, so often we are, you know, we go to our doctors and they have this treatment plan like boom, boom, boom with me with with breast cancer. It's supposed to be surgery, chemo, radiation, but I'm an out of one and I'm doing a lot of things on my own and I'm not falling into that and not everybody likes it. But, hey, it's my life my body. Same thing with menopause. You are an N of one. So this show is going to give you so many ideas and approaches and things are really changing. Even in the last five years, it's been huge. We're talking about things like supplementation, um, hormone replacement therapy, nutritional therapy, all kinds of things that you can do. So really what it comes down to when you are a self-advocate First of all, you've got to educate yourself. So you're listening to the show, you're doing number one, doing your research, arm yourself with information. And then, you know, go doctor shopping. You don't have to go to the same doctor you've been to for years. I mean, a lot of times, OBGYN, some of them have more uh, training in terms of like fertility and birth. They might not really be up to snuff with menopause, or maybe you just don't like their vibe. They're just not being there for you in the way that you want them to be. So go doctor shopping, talk to your friends, do some research, have a conversation, make sure that you are comfortable with the practitioner you're working with. Keep notes of your symptoms. This is so important. If you're suspect, you're on the younger side, maybe late 30s, early 40s, start to note, huh, my periods are a little wonky. I'm a little bit more tired. I'm not sure what's going on. Keep note of your symptoms when those hot flashes come up. When do they happen? What do they feel like? How often? And really come armed with questions. When you go to the doctor, have questions. I'm getting a second opinion next week and I'm armed with all kinds of questions about what's right for me. Keep records again, keep notes for yourself, listen to your body. And if something doesn't feel right, talk about it. I know so often doctors are like, especially around women's health, right? It's like, you're feeling tired and like, ah, that's just all in your head. We've been told this for years and I can't tell you how many people I've spoken with who end up having issues and their doctors don't um, support them in that. Just one so listen to your body. If something's bothering you, talk about it create a support system. So I have all kinds of support, (coughs) excuse me, friends, neighbors, my partner, my family, create a support system and don't settle for treatment that you're not comfortable with. If, If it doesn't feel good in your gut, I know for me, I'm working with my big brain, but also my heart, my gut, what is my soul telling me? Look at your whole self and get a second opinion. You know, you're entitled to do that. So the most effective care is really when Excuse me, your healthcare provider and you work together. So I have a little bit of a tickle today. So bringing on our next guest, Adele. She is a woman who has navigated through early per- perimenopause. Excuse me, Adele. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself and grab a coffee. Excuse
0: me. Bless you. What a shame. Yeah. So. I'm Adele Johnston. I started navigating my own early perimenopause when I realized I was 36 when I was officially diagnosed. However, I was 37 and a bit and it took that full year of, even though I was inside the menopause space it with access to a lot of knowledge, it still took that full year before consultants and GPs actually took me seriously. So it's been a bit of a a journey to say the least. Um, And I actually massively advocate a lot within the menopause space. I actively support women and just to really empower themselves, okay? And a lot of this is about just sharing of knowledge, little bits of research that come out, being able to share the- Recording in progress. The main key points from all of that so that we're able to to really empower ourselves. And one of the things that I absolutely really scream from the rooftops right now is about how menopause is not a time of life that we need to just sit back and admit that this is kind of the end of it for us, right? Which sounds really quite awful this is about being really much within our space ourselves reclaiming who we are being able to celebrate that vibrancy inside and why uh you know i'm 38 now why at 38 should i step back from feeling sexy sassy vibrant and and wanting all of that still in life So it's do
2: do look that way and thank you for taking the microphone you also have a so i'm not sure talking about the self-advocacy really um got me fired up so Why do you think menopause is still so taboo? It's ridiculous because it's a natural thing that happens. And I think that it can be such a period of challenges, but transformation. And, you know, as you lose your fertility, all of a sudden you have all of this extra energy for other things. But why are we just talking about it and why is it still taboo?
0: Yeah, it's such an amazing question. And you know what? I wish I actually had a black and white answer for you. But I would say that it's still very much a a subject that a lot of generations back, if we think about even my parents' generation, my parents are in their 60s. They didn't talk about this. This wasn't a topic of conversation. We barely even spoke about periods. So when it comes to even, you know, asking back into generations where my mum never spoke to her mum, and they never they never mentioned menopause it was one of these things that women were just kind of don't talk about it just get on with it and, and don't tell us about what's happening so i greatly believe that a lot of this is because we've just never spoken about it we've never had the the confidence and the gumption to really step into our space as powerful women and see this as this isn't something that we need to feel is you know an old woman thing This doesn't happen to old women. It's not something that we have to just suffer through. So I greatly believe the answer to that question is we've never openly spoken about this as much as we have even just in the last 12 months.
2: Yeah, it's true. And I think that just speaking about it really changes the way that we're approaching it, that it's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, shame is you're bad and for us to be ashamed of our bodies and i can only think how that amplifies the symptoms when you're in the closet when you're ashamed when you think that there's something wrong with you so i think that we're all healing each other by simply talking about it and we're talking about it a lot i mean the amount that i've seen even and i've met both of you through instagram the number of people talking about it. And again, these celebrities coming out and not looking at it as something to be ashamed of, but yeah, I'm gonna go through this. I think it's like that generation, Gen X women, went through you know, the infertility issue. And like, I'm talking about this. I, I want help, I'm advocating for myself. So it's, it's really, really tremendous. So what do women really need to know about menopause to be <clears throat> empowered?
0: Mm, amazing question. I love it. I love it. The main thing is that the, it's knowledge, right? It's it's a, being aware that at the moment, 51% of 100% of the world's population will go through menopause. So this is not about if or I might be able to just skip past it. I hear this a lot. I think I skipped my menopause, Adele. I feel fine. And actually that's where we celebrate the fact that these women and some women will not really have many symptoms. But it's being fully aware that recognizing any change in your body that's not normal for you. And we normally find that with a lot of women, it can start with a change in menstrual cycle or bleed frequency or flow. We can maybe, you know, speaking very plainly with this, we can have heavier bleeds, we could have lighter bleeds. We may find that our cycle term or time that we normally bleed or do not is is all off. And actually, for a lot of women, I was one of them, we use contraception. And I was using the Marina coil for my contraception, which means and I don't get a bleed anyway. So that wasn't the first indication for me that there was change in my body. So again, it's where this comes down to your uniqueness and being really really attuned to who you are what's normal for you that's a huge
2: claiming it for yourself and learning to listen to your body knowing what feels right and what feels normal for you and as i said in the opening advocating for yourself and asking questions and if you have a physician that doesn't support you then find somebody who does and knowing that there are a wide number of treatment options and you don't have to suffer and also, I think what's exciting is that um, it's changing in the workplace, like, particularly in Britain. I was reading that, I guess, 90,000 women leave the workforce every single year because of uh, menopause. That is crazy. What can women do to you know, keep their jobs, to advocate for themselves in the workforce?
0: Mm, amazing, because, yeah, I'm one of them. So I'm in there with that population of women who walked away from 20 plus years in a very corporate environment very senior managerial position with unique skill set and because i was denied the support that i needed for um just you know reducing hours back being able to take some time for my body to heal and to start my hormone replacement therapy journey but was denied that support so I had no other option but to resign and walk away That's quite extreme, but the symptoms I was experiencing were so life changing and debilitating that I had no other option. So I would say that in the workplace, what we're facing here is, again, for female workplaces predominantly as well, we need to appreciate that women need the support. And gone are the days that it's a, we'll just order you up a fan for your desk, then you can get on with it. You know, it's like, no, actually, we need to be able to openly talk about these things You know, I've got a lady that I'm working with just now who had a really severe bleed at her work in the middle of a meeting. It's having the compassion. It's having the knowledge within the workplace that actually she is so humiliated by that happening. But how do we protect that? How do we give her space? to then go and clean herself up and you know take the rest of the day off because of the trauma that she's faced so it comes into more than just having a policy or a statement that a lot of companies are looking to do it comes into the compassion and the understanding that not every woman will need the same level of support it's very much in that have a space that is safe vulnerable You know, people can come there and be vulnerable, men as well. This doesn't just affect women and have the ability for conversations to happen, for support to be there in-house or if it can't be in-house through menopause support coaches, then look at that being an external, you know, subcontracting out or bringing in some help so that women just have a space to go to and be heard. It starts there.
2: And it's so important because we're at our prime. I'm sorry about this cough today you're at our prime so
0: how do you educate women while coaching them um how or why how how okay wonderful so (laughs) i actually i i this was something that for me it, it seemed like a really a really unusual um gap that i could see within a lot of coaching now When I came into the menopause support space, I actually fell into it by accident. I onboarded a new client who had breast cancer and she could not replace hormones, but she came to me to say, I really need some help with this, you know, and and you've been recommended. So very honestly, I'd said, look, I'm going to remain within my scope of practice. The breast cancer side, I can't advise you on, but I can certainly support you with the core foundation elements around what your body needs. So along the journeys, what I do with my ladies is I educate as we go. I always explain what we're doing, why we're doing it, so the science is in there. I'm an evidence-based practitioner, so everything is around what does the research say? What do we know within any trials that have been conducted? And unfortunately for us, there's not a lot of female trials, if any, in the menopause space. So we're very much reliant upon... Some very kind of suggestible data, and this world where we're having to almost be the test subjects ourselves right now on well what works yeah we've we've had a lot come into the space around should we replace hormones, should we not? This is an ongoing debate in in this space, and for me it's about giving that full empowerment, so where there is education to be given i actually host a lot of education inside my coaching so every week we have a learn lounge for those ladies Um, but i also run a menopause support coach certification which has been fully endorsed by a uk menopause gp and we are fully cpd accredited so it's a really strong curation of all the different elements of what we know within this space so far and keeping up to date with the research. And I and share that with my ladies.
2: It's amazing. You know, you as a businesswoman, you utilize it. I love the story because it's really looking at opportunity within challenges with this challenge of going through early menopause in the workforce. And you've created an incredible business, not just as a coach, but a whole coach certification, which is making a huge difference in the world. So just commending you on the work that you're doing to change the way that we are viewing menopause and being able to help not just one-on-one, but being able to train coaches to help more and more women.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's a massive gap that we see. And this came from, it came from a space of, when I first had my very first conversation with my GP, I actually ended up in tears on the phone to them. Because they, their exact words to me were, Adele, I don't know anything about the menopause, but I can give you standard HRT, is that good enough? And to me, it was just unbelievable that I was then having to guide the conversation of, well, actually, what is standard HRT? And the conversation answer I had to that was, well, I can give you oestrogen. So they didn't even appreciate that I needed a progesterone. Now, they didn't know I had the Marina coil at this point. So I would have just been prescribed an oestrogen at 37 years old without a progesterone. So there was this lack of understanding and knowledge, which it's not the GP's fault. This is not pointing fingers at anybody. You know, it's it's not there within the education system. So there's this element where I could see that The quickest and easiest way for us to get frontline care, this triage of care out there was to work with personal trainers, health and fitness coaches, beauticians, business coaches, people that were touching the the base of women's lives every single day with what they were doing. And so far, we've managed to help hundreds of women in the last six months through me taking the knowledge that i've built up i'm mentored by two amazing menopause doctors in the uk um and just being able to curate this 12 week certification has enabled us to branch out basically around the world to really give women a voice to bridge the gap between gps appointments and the the so that we actually step in to write to the GP ahead of their appointment and advise of, here's everything that we've been doing together, here's the progress that um, your patient has made, and here's what we're actually asking for you to do, and why, here's the science, you know, here's the, the bit that you're gonna wanna know about. And the response that we've had from that has been phenomenal. We've only had one GP practice write back to us to say, we can't support this patient with what you're asking for and what we asked for was some bloods to be ran alongside our review of the hrt preparation she was on because it was oral we wanted to move her on to transdermal
2: yeah that's amazing and you're also changing government policy in terms of your health plans and allowing women to get hrt and having that covered which is huge
0: yeah, so I mean, this is it within the UK, there's a massive uprising at the moment, we've got, you know, we this week alone, we've been in Parliament, we've had a lot of campaigners um, front line and frontline and centre, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but planned to be at our October rally down in London at the Houses of Parliament. So it's, you know, it's, it's absolutely finding its voice. And the more that we can hear, the more that we can get out there, the more that we can have this support that more than anything that solid space of knowledge and this is where you know the likes of social media has really lent itself. We've been able to bring a lot into that space and we talked about this before and we actually started recording this session but I do I pay it forward and I spend a good um, four to five hours every single week where I help women free of charge. So it's done very quietly, just in the background. It can sometimes just be some voice messages. They maybe have a question to ask. And sometimes it goes right through to a half an hour private consultation, which I pay that forwards because I appreciate that some women can't afford to come down the private route. And why should they have to all the time, right?
2: Yeah, that's amazing. Let's talk a little bit about HRT because we're, we're hearing a lot about hormone replacement therapy Can you tell us about what this looks like for women's health? And how does a woman determine whether or not it's a good option?
0: Mm, I mean, this is it. So one disclaimer I will make is that I do replace my hormones. And the reason that I personally chose to replace my hormones is through the knowledge that I've built over time. Now, previously, um, HRT then to HRT now is entirely different. And we know this as medicine moves on we have advancements so the way that we look at hrt in this year 2022 i have this full appreciation of our new level of love for our female sex hormones and those core hormones being estrogen progesterone and testosterone so to answer that question i'm going to share a tiny little bit about my own journey the symptoms that I experienced when my estrogen and progesterone levels were dropping were so severe that, like I say, I left a big career because of it and moved, moved ahead. Um, But also once replacing those hormones and appreciating that my mum's mum passed from Alzheimer's, so there was a heightened risk already within the female gene pool that I could potentially be at a heightened risk of degenerative brain disease. So didn't want to play with fire. We know that estrogen is very brain protective. We also appreciate that estrogen is very bone and muscle protective and cardiovascular protective. So for me, it was absolutely a yes, I need to replace this, I'm 37. I'm too young to be experiencing this. And I'd actually had a couple of fragility fractures in the past as well so at the moment it's uh, for me it was just too much of a, a risk not to replace those hormones so to answer the question around HRT I would say that this is one where it is very individual definitely making sure that women are unknowledged uh, you know that they appreciate the knowledge behind this and they get to research it so that they can make their decisions but I've only ever had one lady that I've worked with that could not replace her, her H, um, estrogen and progesterone. So we did that a very alternative therapies route. Um, but I'm very much in favor of replacing hormones and feel phenomenal for doing it. So that's got to be said for something.
2: Yeah, and you you look phenomenal as well. And we only have about two minutes left, but I want to talk a little bit about Feeling sexy and sassy again, because I think that's a big issue when women are going through menopause, they lose their libido, maybe there's some vaginal dryness, they're not in the mood, you know, they're not sleeping. Well, how do we feel sexy and sassy again when we're going through perimenopause?
0: Yeah, it's such an amazing question. And this, this is one that I would say it comes with time and it comes with working on yourself. So this is all about your inner work. And I'm a a qualified positive psychology coach and breathwork facilitator. We do a lot in that mind space where we work together on your, yourself, your inner being and getting to appreciate who you are again. And one of the questions that I ask my ladies a lot at the start of that journey is, you know, for example, Sophie, what brings you joy, what really lights you up inside and makes you feel happy, joyful. And we start there. And we take that journey through your joy route and from there we're able to get you doing more of that. And as you start to reconnect with who you are inside, that is where your sassiness starts to rebirth and this is where we start to make fast improvements in your health. If you have some body composition changes that you want to make, all of this comes together to form that alliance inside your body and your brain and just have you in your power space. And when we've got you in your power space, you're unstoppable. That is the I, exciting part. I
2: love that because, you know, joy comes from within. And when we do connect with that emotion, we are unstoppable and we love our life regardless of what is going on. And we can face whatever challenges come our way with grace and use them as opportunities. Hey, we are going to take a break now. I'm Dr. Ella, the Midlife Whisperer. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just check out the themidlifewhisperer.com. That's the themidlifewhisperer.com. We'll see you on the other side. Become our friend
1: on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward
2: slash voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back you need someone to help you get real discover who you are and navigate life hi i'm dr ellen the midlife whisperer and i'm here to help i've worked with hundreds of midlife women went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period rock your midlife seven steps to transform yourself and make your next chapter your best chapter Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues, from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com, for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon
1: Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do, too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the midlife whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the midlife whisperer.
2: Welcome back to rock your midlife. So glad that you are here today. We're talking all about menopause. And I wanna let you know that the show is sponsored by the optimal.me for the midlifer who wants to feel younger Stay active, independent, and energetic without pain or injury, and feel confident that this phase of life is their best yet. I have been using their membership site, loving their integrated movement. It really helps me with my joints, keeping them really young and vibrant. You too can take control of how you age with the Optimal.me. You're never too old to take a smarter approach to aging and give yourself the freedom and to make the next chapter whatever you hoped for and more. And before the break, we were talking to Agel Johnston, who is just incredible. She has so much information, so much compassion. Uh, and we are now going to be talking to Sophie Fletcher, who is a bestselling author, hypnotherapist, coach, and trainer, who focus over the last 15 years has been on women and transitions, whether these be hormonal shifts or others. Her three books Mindful Hypnobirthing, Mindful Mama, and Mindful Menopause are all bestsellers and are packed with practical practical mindset tools that can be easily integrated into busy lives. She trains health professionals and also helps support the implementation of menstruation and menopause policies in the workplace. She has as a background in language, symbols, and metaphor and storytelling. And she is a fellow of the National Council for Hypnotherapy. And we met on Instagram through um, mindful menopause. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Sophie. So great to have you here.
3: Hello, thank you for having me.
2: And I know you've got a question for Adele, so I would love to know what you want to know from Adele.
3: Well, it's great to meet Adele, because even though we're in the UK, we've never met before. So, um, and I have so many questions, but one I am really interested in, because it's about transformation, is your transformation yourself, Adele, is amazing. Your story is incredible. But I'm interested to know, with the women you work with, how many of them go through that type of radical transformation and move out of a fairly constricted workplace or forced to because of the situation and actually discover themselves in a new space and just wake up I suppose is the word i like to use.
0: Yeah I love this question (laughs) so to answer the question just openly Every woman that comes through what I do, there's a a proven um, framework that I use that I've designed and developed over the last couple of years. And every single one of them come in, but leave completely revitalized. So at the moment, I have um, half a dozen ladies that are actively seeking change. One of them has left her corporate career and gone out on her own with something she's desired to do for years, but never had the confidence to. I've had one of the ladies had three promotions within the space of the last 18 months and another lady just now who's just went for semi-retirement when that was not even on her cards 12 months ago. So this becomes part of that inner work that we talked about just previously, where as soon as we reconnect really with who we are inside, something powerful and magical really happens and we start to then have this oomph within ourselves that's so vastly vibrant and sassy and that is what I am all about in this menopause journey is helping women to reclaim who they are and use that powerfully we've had marriages who you know previously were really a bit rocky managed to really 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 connect again and that's the beauty in this it's not just about the woman but it's also about the loved ones and the family unit and that's what's so special
2: Yeah, I think it's just this whole midlife and menopause time as like Brene Brown says the universe like shakes you by the shoulders and says, I'm not messing around anymore it's time for you to wake up you're running out of time and I think that the the menopause forces us to pause. That's why I wrote my book Rock Your Midlife to give women seven steps to transform themselves, whether it you love yourself, you're working on your health, you're working on empowerment, relationships, enlightenment. You can enter in many ways, but it is this incredibly powerful time to transform. So let's talk get into so you're so about transitions and transformations. Mm-hmm. Why do transitions matter to you? And what are they?
3: Well, it's I I started off many, many years ago, writing my academic masters um, on individuation, which is growth and the alchemy of that. And I focused on it in literature. And at the time it was more about us as, as human beings and how we grow. And it wasn't until I had my first child and then my second that it struck me that those phases where we have those hormonal shifts are actually very vulnerable phases and phases for us. And we can feel very fragile in those phases, but they're also times of massive transformation. And so it felt at that point that everything I'd learned about as a 20 year old that I hadn't probably really understood um, as I became a mother, it was like, wow, I totally get this. And then as I look back, I realized the same was happening as an adolescent those shifts and changes. And, and now um, that I'm in my midlife and I'm perimenopausal, it's happening again. And there are times of massive transformation, massive change, but you've got to know it to be able to do it, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's perspective. I know you talk a lot about the power of belief and, you know, the way that you are approaching it. So how do we kind of use narrative and our beliefs to help us navigate through menopause?
3: Well, I think it's very difficult unless you consciously start to look at it. We are very conditioned in our responses to the world around us by our unconscious beliefs and our cultural narrative. So you earlier on, you were talking about the taboo about speaking about menopause. And that's because we live in a patriarchal narrative that has been around for hundreds of years. And until we start to learn and understand that and know what we can do to change it and how that narrative is reflected in our own actions and behaviours, then it's time that we need, then, 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 it's, then we can start to change it. So that's with hypnotherapy, I'm very much on board with working with the unconscious and looking at that and, and being able to change that um, and helping people to pivot their thinking.
2: So how does hypnotherapy work for people who aren't familiar with it? And let's you know, stick to this uh, perimenopause conversation. Mm. How can doing hypnotherapy help a woman change the way she is going through this incredible time of life?
3: Well, I've written a book on it. So there are a lot of things that it can do. So I use mindfulness as well as hypnosis. So there are so many things. Um, I work around sleep and rest. So there are hypnosis tools that you can use to help you sleep, um, help you reframe how you view sleep and rest because rest is as important to re-energizing yourself as sleep and it's understanding the brain waves and how they work hypnosis can help you lose weight it can ha- and really help with anxiety as well um, but what people don't realize is that hypnosis is actually really effective for hot flushes in some studies, it shows that 73% of women see an increase and um, see an improvement in their hot flushes using hypnosis imagery, which is actually extraordinary. And it is recognized as a therapy that helps in certainly in some areas. It's been well evidenced. So, What, there are... what
2: do women visualize? I'm curious with if when your it's... client comes, what do you have them visualize?
3: Yeah, I have a track um, that people can download for free. And it's just um, imagery of being in a very cold, imagining yourself outside. It's very cold. It's very snowy somewhere that's very familiar to you. Your feet are in the snow and you can feel that coolness moving up through your body. And you go into a lot of hypnotic um, language around the description. And I wrote this and I recorded it and it takes a while to write a track and um, and I practiced it. And when I was recording it for my book, I had to put on a, a really thick jumper during the visualization because I got so cold. So, so um, it, and it's all about conditioning. The more you listen to it, the more conditioned you are to respond to it. It's like any habit or behavior, but you can learn to do that through imagery. So it's, it's brilliant for things like, like that. Um, I lost a lot of hair, for example, I've lost a lot of hair with my menopause, for example. I look totally different to how I looked eight years ago, completely different. Um, And when my hair comes out, instead of getting angry about it or anxious or worried, I say, (laughs) I give my hair thanks for the service it's given me and (laughs) wish it well on its way. And I often give gratitude for the hair that I have. So I have a very positive approach to, myself but that belief instead of because my belief is if i get stressed and anxious about it you get into this cycle and stress and anxiety can exacerbate menopause symptoms and so tools like hypnosis cbt mindfulness help to break that cycle of anxiety and we all know that heightened anxiety in menopause can increase cortisol it has an impact on sleep Um, what we eat, um, hot flushes. And so that's really important to be able to change your beliefs so you can break that cycle of anxiety.
2: Very powerful, but you're essentially using biofeedback. Yeah. That you're using the power of your mind to influence what happens in your body, which is incredible. A couple other tools too that we haven't talked about is breathwork is really, really powerful. So if you are feeling anxious, simply Mm -hmm. doing some box breathing. So breathing in for four, holding for four, exhaling for four, holding for four is super, super powerful. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that stress cycle. How does that impact menopause? So I know stress is going to increase cortisol levels. So how does that affect a woman who's going through perimenopause?
3: Well, one of the first things that uh, certainly my friends used to notice was irritability and mood. Um, I know that Adele talked about periods, but for some some women, it's their mood. And my friends would say to me, oh, I don't know why I'm shouting at the children so much. You know, I I don't know what's going on. And that's that stress, that anxiety starting to rise, that cortisol starting to rise. And so with hypnosis and those types of mindset therapies, you can start to dampen that response down. And and so stress can impact on our sleep. So um, first of all, high levels of cortisol can lead to night sweats, which wake people up, and then they may find it harder to get back to sleep again. And then they may feel stressed about the fact that they're going to be so tired the next day. So the more stressed someone is, the harder it is to get back to sleep. And so some of the strategies I might work on with people are to um, give them suggestions, hypnotic suggestions to go back to sleep when the time is right for them, but also look at those times that they're awake as peaceful pauses rather than stressful moments and to use um, tracks like whether it's hypnosis or guided imagery that slow your brain waves down so that you dampen again, you're dampening down that, that stress response in the night and you're allowing your brain waves to rest to an extent that, you can feel more energized the next morning, even if you feel like you haven't slept. Um, and of course, the knock-on effect of not having any sleep is it produces a hormone called Ghrelin, which increases h- hunger and so and the need for carbs and things. So people tend to get so it can lead. So stress, if you can work on that stress and work through those, identify where someone's stress points are during this period and give them strategies and tools to manage those and, and turn them around, then it can make it just as like a ripple effect.
2: Yeah. I don't think we give sleep enough credit. I feel so many times when I talk with women who are going through perimenopause, sleep is the big issue that is causing a lot of the other issues, such as as you said, it's not just that the ghrelin, you know, is, is elevating your hormones, appetite hormones aren't um, setting correctly, but you're also tired. And so often we, <laughs> we mix up our tired, thirsty hunger, we're more irritable. So if you're listening and you're struggling, I would say work with a trained practitioner, get your sleep under control because you will feel a lot better and function much more effectively if you do get your sleep issues under control. I'm curious, what are the biggest issues that you see with the biggest side um, issues women complain about who are going through perimenopause and we've got weight loss. We've got, we say flashes, you guys say flushes, Um, hot flashes, um, sleep issues, moodiness. What do you see are the the leading issues and how do you address them?
3: The things that I see as a hypnotherapist are anxiety, um, sleep. And weight gain; those are the three big ones. But what I also get, which is very, very interesting, and this is anecdotal between other therapists as well, is the sudden onset of phobias, quite severe anxiety to the point of phobias. So I work a lot of on a lot of phobias with women in the middle um, midlife. Um But yes, I mean, sleep is a big one. That's you know, that's the one that I work I would say most with, and just general confidence really strange things that come up again and again as people tend to come to a hypnotherapist when they're you know when they're desperate I am the last resort because people don't understand what hypnosis really is and um, I've had three or four people recently who feel really anxious in the theater and they don't want to sit they feel really anxious sitting in the middle in seats in the theater and driving is another big one So being, (laughs) Adele's nodding, you recognize this. So driving, suddenly get anxious about driving. So there are some very, you know, predictable anxieties that I see that come up, that I work with, because it's very, with hypnotherapy, you're very solutions focused. So people will come in with one thing usually, or if it isn't one thing, I'll bring it down to one thing for those sessions. Um, So, but yeah, I mean. The sleep thing, I just want to say that I'm a big believer in not putting pressure on people to sleep. And that's why I do so much work on the difference between sleep and rest and, and, and what happens in our brain when we're resting. Um, so I think, you know, I want to take the stress out of people trying to sleep and saying, it's okay if you're not asleep, just people, and and with your listeners, I don't mean to annoy anyone who doesn't have sleep, but I'm in my 50th year and I sleep about seven to nine hours a night. And I very rarely wake up. If I do, I get up and I do stuff or I go out for a really early morning walk, um, but I never get stressed about it. Um, and I generally go back to sleep again if I do wake up. Um, so, but I've done the work around it. I really have. <laughs>
2: So what is the difference between sleep and rest?
3: Well, I found, I I worked on this when I was working with new mums who really couldn't sleep and they were snatching sleep here or there. And anyone who does yoga will know that when you rest your mind, when you're doing a yoga nidra, that I think it's, I'm not a yoga practitioner, so I'm estimating here. I think around 30 minutes of yoga is the equivalent to, um, 15 minutes of yoga is about the equivalent to half an hour's sleep or thereabouts. And the reason for that is as the brain waves slow down, your mind is able to rest. So you go into, uh, in hypnosis, typically you go into a theta brain state if you're listening to tracks in your bed. So your brain rests um, really deeply and it can feel like sleep. But if we're up panicking and worrying about not sleeping, those brain waves are working at sort of beta, alpha beta level. They (laughs) can be quite fast. And so, it's that's hard work and it can be really tiring so actually just focusing on rest hey i'm going to put some tracks on i'm just going to close my eyes and listen to these tracks for half an hour an hour and if i sleep great if i don't i still feel rested and that's the type of attitude that i have um and yeah um and mindful walking i do a lot of mindful walking if i'm tired Um, Like today, I went out late last night, I went to see Darren Brown, if anyone knows who Darren Brown is. He's a very famous hypnotist in the UK, mentalist in the UK. And I came back quite late. And today I was really tired and about two o'clock in the afternoon, I thought, hmm, I feel nappish. I feel like I need a nap. And I said, shall I have a nap or shall I go for a mindful walk? And I chose the mindful walk. And I just, I felt completely energized because of it. And it was a choice, um, despite the fact I was a bit tired so i think learning that it's not all about sleep it's not the be all and end all there are other ways to feel rested and i most mostly people would say well i just want to feel like i've got some energy it's not about the sleep it's about the energy
2: yeah i love that you've listened to your inner knowing and realize and we can do that i know that's something i'm tuning into a lot we're so taught to just listen to our brain And there are other aspects of ourselves that can give us more, more knowledge. So before we um, turn back to Adele and have her her ask you a question, I'm wondering if you can dispel some of the myths around um, hypnosis, what it is, what it's not. Because I know a lot of people listen like, ah, hypnosis, isn't that like, you know, someone has a watch and they kind of make you do strange things. We have a lot of weird, yeah, (laughs) weird ideas. What exactly is it? And what are some of the myths around it?
3: Well, I would never have gone to a hypnotherapist before I had my children, but it wasn't even on my radar. And I used it for hypnobirthing which, because it's quite popular in the UK for, hip, for um, women tend, a lot lots of women use hypnobirthing and that's where they're introduced to hypnosis. And it was amazing. It completely changed my birth. Um, and really it's just... Getting to know your mind, and you are always in control. I always say to people, it's a bit like an ethical placebo because you talked about biofeedback. It's using the power of your mind to change your habits and behaviors, but knowing you're doing it. Um, And, you know, it's the most relaxing thing. People sometimes call hypnosis relaxation. It's not, it is relaxing, very relaxing. It feels wonderful. And usually once people have had it, there, that's it. It's transformational because it is so practical. You can use self-hypnosis very safely, very easily. We're all in hypnosis most of the time. So because we are not mindful, if you're thinking about what you're going to put on the table, when you're driving home from work and suddenly you get home and you think, wow, that journey went really quickly today. Your unconscious has driven you home. You've been in a state of hypnosis, driving your car home because you're not in the present. And so hypnotherapists just use that natural state of mind that we're in to, um, change deeply rooted habits and behaviors that are set in the past that may have protected us in the past, but aren't relevant anymore. And it helps you to get out of that critical analytical mind. And it just, honestly, it's life-changing. And most hypnotherapists I know are hypnotherapists because it changed their life. Um, it is, it's nothing like the swinging watches and men in top hats waving wands or whatever, nothing like that at all. It's um, very empowering therapy, but do find the right therapist if you're thinking about it. Do your research Mm -hmm. and visit a few people or get or look at their websites and learn about them.
2: Very enlightening. Thank you for that. So Adele, do you have a question for Sophie? We have about two minutes left. Would love to know if you've been have a question brewing.
0: Yeah, actually. So when you were all of that, love it. Love everything about it. Be nodding away in the background. Um, but I think the one thing that stuck out for me, Sophie, was around when you said around conditioning of the mind, and this is definitely something that we kind of carry through childhood, right? Into our adult lives. And we've learned a lot of these thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors. Um, so my question for you would be around, do you have any top tips? Doesn't need to be the whole three, but any
2: tips? I'll go for one that... or two, because we only have about a moment left. So one
0: okay. or two, for, for you, Sophie. Pivoting your thinking.
3: Ah, perfect timing. I was talking about one today with someone else. There's something called the happiness prescription. So um, for those that are listening that want to do this, you've got one week and just allow yourself to stop and notice when you're saying something that uh, if it's around menopause, saying or thinking something that may not be true, question it. Why is that true? Or if it's a narrative about yourself, oh, I'm so this, I'm so menopausal. So statements like that, actually turn that around. Why, you know, turn that into a positive in that moment. I'm so powerful, <laughs> um, but ch- just for a week, turn the narrative around to a positive and see how you feel at the end of that week.
2: And sort you can also check out By- Byron Katie's work is wonderful where mm. she asks the four questions. So Sophie, thank you for that. Real quickly, Sophie, where can people find you? Website. Um,
3: I'm on Instagram. Um, at mindful underscore menopause you can also buy my book on amazon mindful menopause um, and i have a website sophiefletcher.co.uk and
0: adele where can people find you probably the best thing to do is to jump into google and put adele the menopause coach and everything will come up
3: All right. The menopause
2: goes. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Adele. It has been a joy being with both of you. You're both are doing incredible work. So intrigued about uh, hypnotherapy. So I might, might give you a ring on that one. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been a joy being with you today. I'm Dr. Ellen, the midlife whisperer. We'll catch you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to rock your midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real. Discover who you are and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife. staff, and management. Join the soul of enterprise hosts, Ron Baker and Ed Klass, along with Voice America at the Scaling New Heights Conference in Orlando, Florida, June 20th through the 22nd. You'll hear from keynote speakers and game changers in the industry on the Voice America Live Events page. Go to voiceamerica.com slash live events to hear all the action live. Starting on June 20th at 11 a.m. Pacific, sponsored by Sage.
3: channel
1: follow the voice america variety channel on twitter our hosts always have something to say and we know that you do too we tweet on today's hot topics and you're welcome to follow us speak up and join in at voice am variety that's at voice am variety
2: sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's
1: society on all around sports